0: Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Revelation chapter number 22, I'm in the back of the book. My Uncle Lyle led better one time. We was in a big way at church. Down there at the old, at uh, I preached a revival. I hadn't been preaching long down there where we went as children, and, and he got in a big way, and he' was all the time trying to catch somebody. He said, "Who's read? Who's read Revelation 23?" And I just threw my hand up and read the whole book backwards and forwards. He said, "There's no 23." <laughs> Thanks, Joby. But there's a 22. Yes, sir. Verse one through six, you bear with me. I'll try to read it. And he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. That tells me there's somewhere besides heaven the city as we know it, the new Jerusalem. And there shall be no more curse. You can underline that because that's what I'm preaching on today, on then came the curse. That's the title of my message, then came the curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Father, I love you, and I thank you, and I thank you, Lord, for loving me, and I thank you for all the times you've told me. And I thank you for letting me be in the house. God, let me preach like a dying man to dying people today. Use me like you never used me before. If I could have your favor this morning, one more time, Lord, you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Preach me to your glory inside the bounds of this holy writ. I pray for the lost person sitting in these pews today who could not leave this building until they come and call upon the name of the Lord and confess Christ. As Savior of their soul. So, Lord, one more time, I'm gonna stand. Help me preach it like it's the last time I'll stand and be glorified in it forever and ever. I ask it in my King's name, Jesus, Amen. And Amen. We have the conclusion of the Holy Writ forever settled in heaven in Revelation chapter number 22. And he says, he makes this statement, there'll be no more curse. Well, I want us to go back to the front of the book. I'm gonna use the entire Bible today and I can do it in 35 minutes. I want us to go back in our minds to the first three things that you'll find cursed in the word of God. Now, I, the, 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 and, and we'd like to go to the book of Genesis. We, don't turn there, don't try to find it. Note this if you want to, find it later. But the first thing you're going to find cursed, God made everything, and He saw that everything was good, and God said that is good, and He blessed it, and He saw man. Praise God, He formed man. He put His hands on man. He spoke it all into existence. But man and man, He put His hands on Him, formed man, and made Him in His image and after His likeness. Then He put man in this place. He put man in a perfect environment there wasn't one thing wrong I mean, the bees didn't have stingers. There weren't no thorns on the roses. You could sniff all the flowers you want and allergies wouldn't bother you. You could have cut all the hay. Gordon, it would never messed you up. You could do all these things. It was perfect. The ground was watered from underneath so you never had a rainy day. It was just beautiful. Everything was perfect. He even made him the perfect wife. He said, whoa, man, when he saw her. He did call her woman. But the devil showed up. The devil showed up. And he began to do what many throughout the world are doing today. They take the word of God and they're trying to twist the word of God. They're trying to add to or take away. The Bible said in that chapter 22, you add to, I'll add the the plagues of the prophecy of this book. You take away, I'll take away your part out of the book of life. I'd say it's a dangerous thing to add to or take away. But the devil done it from the very beginning. You'll find in Isaiah 14 that he said, I will be like the most high. God said, no, you won't. Boom. Kicked him out of heaven. Yeah. And the serpent, the serpent come to Eve and beguiled her. He's subtle. Yeah. The devil don't run into your house and punch you in the mouth and say, now, there, hey, you like that? No, he comes in, he slips his arm around you. Yeah. And he whispers in your ear, you're not happy anymore. Yeah. What are you doing here? There's something better on around the bend or out the door or over the next hill. That's how the devil works. He told Eve, said thou shalt not surely die. Surely you're not going to die. And she saw the fruit that it was good with the eye. She saw the fruit. And when God found out that they'd shared the fruit, I'll not preach all of that But he comes to the serpent and he said, serpent, thou art cursed. The first thing God cursed after he made everything, his creation was perfect. The first thing he cursed was the serpent. And said, because, because you've done this, you're going to crawl on your belly, eat dust the rest of your life. You're as low as I can make anything. And he cursed the serpent. The next thing you see he cursed, he cursed the ground. He said, Adam, if thou eatest the fruit that I toldest thou not to eat. He said, the woman made me do it. The woman said, the devil made me do it. Nobody made you do anything. You done it your own free will. He cursed, but he didn't, watch this. He didn't curse Adam then. He cursed the ground. And he said this, he said it's going to bear thorns and thistles. You're going to have to earn your living by the sweat of your brow. That's what you're going to have to do. It's going to be hard. It was easy before Adam, but it's going to be tough now. And he cursed Adam. I mean he cursed the ground for Adam's sake. The next thing you'll find cursed, you'll have to go over to chapter number 4 and you're going to find that he cursed a man. There was a man rose up. And he killed his brother. And God cursed him. And he put a mark on him. It would be pure supposition or speculation, I guess a better word, to try to say what that mark was that he placed upon him. We don't know. But here's what Cain said about it. It's more than I can bear. It was a mark that when people saw him, and there was other peoples at that time, and when people saw him, they was going to know something different about you. And God cursed him. Now, as we go throughout the Word of God, I'm five minutes in. i got 30 minutes left. I can do it. As we go into the Word of God, I'm going to show us four things that are cursed. For him to say there, in the back of the book, the last chapter of the book, no more. there'll be no more curse. That ha- we, we got it registered in our minds that we are living under a a plus so we know that we're under the curse you know why you know why some of us are some of us I got one in the morning you know why we got doctor's appointments you know why we have sore backs and weak eyes and bad teeth you know why you know why uh, you have things going wrong with your body you know why people are killing each other you know why they don't worry about killing babies you know why all these things transpire listen it's because we are under a curse we're under a curse. You're going to need your bibles. This morning we're going to Isaiah chapter 24. Isaiah 24. That's way over about middle ways in the book. Isaiah 24. I have it marked mine. I'm flipping right along with you. Isaiah 24. And we're we're going to find we're going to find the curse Of the land I want you to look at Isaiah 24 going to read down through about verse number 6 behold the Lord maketh the earth empty now this is talking about this is talking about a future event right here this is about 720 BC somewhere in there uh, before Jesus time so we're we're 27 2800 years from now going back but he's talking about In this particular chapter, he's talking about an event that has not transpired. He's given a prophecy. That prophecy is, is going to extend 2,700 years, whatever, plus, and it's yet future. How do you know that? He maketh the earth empty. Is it empty? And maketh it waste. And turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priests. Now get this. I want you to get a hold of this. Verse number one shows us this. This is a global judgment. It's global. So I don't know about all that stuff. The Euphrates is drying up. Google it. Look on Google Earth. You can see the Euphrates is drying up. God prophesied he'd do that. You want one closer home? The Mississippi's drying up. One guy said it's never been this low before. We can't even move the barges up and down. We can't get the grain from the middle, from the Midwest down to the mills in the south. We don't know what we're going to do. It's setting full out on the river and the river's going dry. We see a global, we see a global judgment. But we see this, we see all peoples affected. We've eaten the sugar and spice and everything nice till we forgot that there's trouble on the other side of the world. I want you to know there's some little child woke up in Ukraine this morning wondering why there's no power They don't get no frosted flakes. The TV don't work anymore. They can't play on their iPad. Their iPhone don't work. They're running for their lives. One little boy said, Mama, why are the bombs falling? So it'll be for the people. So with the priest. As with the servant, so with his master. As with the maid, so with her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of usury, so with the uh, giver of usury to him. The land shall be emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord hath spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away, the world languisheth and fadeth away the haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants... Of the earth are burned and few men left. Future event. But it's coming just like you're sitting in a pew this morning. We learned in Sunday school this morning, the old prophet Micah told when the Savior would be born, told where he would be born. It happened just like he said 700 years before it had come to pass, 27, 700. It don't make no difference to God. However far in the future he wants to produce it, if he said it, my friend, you better take it to the bank. We see the curse on the land. Number two, Zechariah 5. I love Zechariah. This is one of the most difficult books. Its symbolic language is hard to ascertain or understand. So we see that, number one, we see the curse on the land in the future. Yes. Zechariah chapter 5 verses 1 through 4. If you found it, shout amen. amen. Then I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked and behold a flying roll. If there's ever been a magic carpet, this is it. That's what it looks like. It looks like a big rug flying through the air. And he said unto me, what seest thou? And I answered, I see a flying roll the length thereof is 20 cubits and the breadth thereof is 10 cubits. I'm coming back to that in just a moment. That's very important. Then said he unto me, this is the curse that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth. We've seen a global judgment. Here we see another global event. It goes over the face of the whole earth of everyone that stealeth shall be cut off as on this side according to it and everyone that sweareth shall be cut off as on the that side according to it I will bring it forth saith the Lord of hosts it shall and it shall enter into the house of the thief watch this into the house of him that sweareth falsely by my name It shall remain in the midst of his house and shall consume it with the timber thereof and the stones thereof. It doesn't matter how well built it is. The flying roll is this. In symbolism, it's this. You'll find it in Ezra and Jeremiah. In symbolism, it is the written word of God. He saw the word of God like a big roll flying through the air. And it come and it hovered over a house. He gives he gives the size of this roll. Watch this. The size of this roll is the same size as the porch in Solomon in the temple that Solomon built, where the priest worshipped. Isn't that good? The same size. The written word of God. That's what it represents. It's the same size where the priest worshipped. What are we doing this morning? We're hearing the word of God. I'm no priest. I'm a called preacher. But I'm still sharing that with you, and you know what? It's just the right size for you to get in and worship the Lord.. Amen. But he's saying this about the written word. It don't matter who you are or where you're at. It's a coming to your house." Paul said it like this in Romans 1: "You're without excuse. Without excuse. I never heard that. You never searched. Seek me. Seek me. And you can find me. Seek me. You can find me. I don't want him. That's uh, just, that's your prerogative. I have changed my mind watching Ray Comfort and some of these guys that are, that are going out and being attacked on the street for sharing the Word of God. I'm all for sharing the Word of God. And Paul spoke whether they wanted to hear it or not. But if they become, if they become belligerent and want to harm you or fight with you, I, I, I'm going back to what Jesus said. He said, knock a dust off your feet and go on down the road. Yeah. He said not to take your, take your pearls and cast them before the swine. I'm beginning to understand that they summed Dennis, we're beating our head against the wall. They don't want him, and praise God, they won't get him. If you want him this morning, you can have him. If you don't want him, that's your prerogative. You don't have to take him. You just leave him alone. And I'm not going to fight with you and fuss with you and beat you on the head and say, you've got to have it, you've got to have it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say, here, here, there's a curse coming. And you can have it. You can have it if you want it. So here we have it. He's settling on every house. You know what this is? If it's the written, and it's sent. It's listen, it's sent to the whole earth. When this gospel shall be preached in every nation, then the end shall come. In the, in the most desolate places in Africa. They're not regulated by the FCC and the powers that be that limit what their cell phones, how much power their cell phones can have. I heard this from a guy that was ministering in Romania. He said, we were in the middle of the boondocks. He said, I had full signal, baby. They got her turned all the way up. They don't care if it smokes your brain. They're going to turn her up. No regulation. What are you saying about that, preacher? I'm saying anybody that wants it. We are in, I don't know how many countries, Becky. We're in several different countries listening to the First Free Will Baptist Church. Some guy in in Russia is downloading what we do. Wow. I'm going to send it to every house. I'm going to send it all over the earth. What is it? It's the written word of God. It's the preached word. It is the word of God. That's what the role symbolizes. And folks are without excuse. You know what? I just don't want it. You know what it is? It's the curse of the law. So I heard that and I didn't like it. Listen, you know what the law is? By the law is the knowledge of sin. The law can't save anybody. All the law can do is condemn us. The law's entire purpose is to show us how short we come from being what God wants us to be. And I can't get there on my own. I can bring a goat, I can bring a lamb in the Old Testament and have them things sacrificed, but I better not forget one next year. If I die in the Old Testament, I better die under the faith that I had a sacrifice for me. Number four. Let's get out of the Old Testament before I lose everybody. Let's go to Galatians. We see the curse on the land, we see the curse of the law, and it's to every house without excuse, without exception. We go to Galatians. You Bible students are way ahead of me, but let me preach this, sir. If you want, I'll tag you in if you'd like to finish it up. I know. This is elementary, but this is good stuff. We go to Galatians chapter number 3. We come to verse number 13, and this right here will make you get stand up and run like I've been waiting all morning just to read this verse. (laughs) Woo! I had to get right, listen. We had to go through the curse on the serpent, the curse on the ground. The curse on a man. Then we had to see the curse on the land. Now we're seeing the curse in Zechariah, the curse of the law. It cursed everybody. It condemned everybody. There's none righteous, no, not one. Hey, listen. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone hath turned under their own way. And he hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Here we go. Where do we find that? I fall into Galatians 3 and verse number 13 and read, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being a made a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree listen they wrote that in Deuteronomy 21 before a Hebrew ever knew what a crucifixion was and don't you know in their mind they was thinking why would you put somebody on a tree when they die but the Lord was speaking through Moses and he was showing them what's coming down the line there's somebody gonna come and your land's cursed hey listen and the law brings a curse to you but there's somebody coming that's going to redeem you from the curse bless God of the law I'm out from under the curse why because he became a curse for me I need somebody better than me to become the curse that I didn't have to suffer The curse of the land and the curse of the law and then you know what it was this is the curse on the lord you see this curse placed upon the lord the king of glory the righteous judge the one who never faltered or failed he was holy harmless undefiled separate from sinners there's never been anybody like him praise god (laughs) He's my elder brother, and he introduced me to my daddy. (laughs) Hey, he wants you just like you are. He'll take you. But if you want the curse, you got it, baby. You got it. I don't want you to take it. I want you to receive the gift that Christ gave to every man, woman, boy, or girl born upon the face of the earth when he died on the hill at Calvary, When he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Praise the name of God. And he says this in Matthew chapter 11. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. You shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants to change burdens with you today. He wants to change burdens with you. Christ died, become the curse so you wouldn't have to taste it. What a deal. What a deal. I want to read you something. You people know where this is at. You Bible students do. So this is the time when Jesus comes back to the earth. To set up his earthly kingdom. I'm not gonna fight with you about uh, kingdom reign. If you wanna be wrong, you got that. That's your prerogative as well. But he's gonna set it up, either that or the book's wrong. And he, the angel told Mary that Christ was gonna set. On the throne of his father David in Luke chapter number one and he never done that the first time he come that means he's got to sit on that throne or that passage is incorrect and the Bible is accurate and listen he's going to sit on a throne and where do you think it's gonna be you think the thrones gonna be in Washington DC nay it's gonna be in the holy city of Jerusalem and this is the time after the children of God This is not the great white throne judgment This is the judgment of the nations Brother Gordon taught to us sometime back in Sunday school And I, I've, I've said amen to all of it It is a time when he comes back The church has made We have given account of what we've done at the bema seat after the rapture of the church And we gathered with Christ In the heavens for seven years While I'm telling you what It is literally hell on earth And we're at a party amen. You tell me which is better You think this life is bad? My friend, you haven't seen nothing yet. And this verse is when he's judging the nations. And listen to what he says to them. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. There's not a mom or daddy in this room today would want to hear that for their child. Amen. Not one. There's not a grandpa or grandma would want to hear that for their grandchild today. There's not a brother or sister would want to hear that about a concerning a sibling you cursed into everlasting fire. And some say, I don't believe hell's real. Listen, eternal punishment is real. If you want to see the penalty for sin, you look at Calvary and look at Jesus. Do you think he went and died on that cross because he didn't have nothing better to do? No, friend. He became my curse. He became the curse of the land. He became the curse of the law. He became the curse. He said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He fulfilled it, praise God, because men couldn't. It was was a curse to us from the time it was given. They said, yeah, we'll do it. We'll follow it. We'll follow the commands. Every time they turned around, you said it this morning, they were up and they were down. They were up and they were down. Sounds like the lives of Christians today. Listen, you know why why, why we can stand on our worst day and say bless the name of God it's because my curse debt has been paid we see the curse of the law or the land the curse of the law and the curse on the Lord and this is the curse to the lost forever and ever cursed then the curse that we know now will be removed for the people of God and up on the new heaven and the new earth. This curse is never removed. So at the end of life, when you die without Christ, you would hear these solemn, sobering words, Depart from me, you worker iniquity, I never knew you. I don't know if I'm going home this afternoon, Ryan. I don't know if I'll make it back to the house. Our plan is to go get Colin Boy and bring him home, have him for a few days. Kids got stuff going on in Nashville. Joe Best Daddy, I'm asking you to pray for Arnold Rich. He starts a new regiment tomorrow. Is it tomorrow, Pat? Tomorrow, right? Arnold's starting a new regiment of treatments. Joe Best concerned, and you help us pray for a Daddy if you would. So it's a busy week. We're gonna, we're gonna run down there and meet them halfway and pick that boy up, and that's our plan. And we got a set agenda, but I don't know if that's coming to pass. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know if I've got tomorrow. Come to piano, Verena. I'm two minutes early, but I know this. I know this. I know this, I'll never taste the fire of hell. Amen. Amen. I'll never taste it. I know in whom I have believed, and I'm not going to hell. And you don't have to go. If you'll accept the payment for the penalty of sin, you don't have to go either. Why would you not want to just come and say, Lord, just be merciful to me and all sinners? Freddie Savage said 20 years ago in a revival service, the hardest three words for a man to say, I'm a sinner. How about it today? If she plays something soft, you stand to your feet all over the house. Heads bowed all over the building. young person are you here today without assurance you're worried and you don't know if you don't know you're in trouble do you need to come today and say Lord listen you don't have to quote John three sixteen. all you've got to know is you're lost and he'll save you is that young person in the building today You've heard the gospel all your life. But you've never been affected by it. But you heard about a curse this morning that you don't want to endure. You take that mom or dad by the hand and say, go pray with me. They'll come with you. Say, so I want to settle that this morning. Is there one? Is there one in the building today? Is there a, is there a mom or a dad here today? Maybe mom's ready to go or dad's ready to go and the other one's not. And you're worried about the curse. You never accepted the payment that Jesus made for you. One of these days, then comes the curse. How about it, grandpa, grandma? Would you come today? I know it's hard to step out, but if you'll take the first step, the Son of God's waiting with open arms. He says, come. If you'll come, I'll save you. You don't wanna die and, and face the curse of everlasting fire. You do not wanna die that way. And you better better not pay no attention to the gainsayers and the naysayers this old book has proved itself over and over and over. And it'll prove itself yet again. Would you come this morning? Say, Brother Mike, I'm going to come and I'm going to say, Lord, save me an old sinner. And I'm not going to worry about the fire anymore. Because I'm going to trust him. From this day forward, I'm going through with Jesus. Is there one in this building that'd say, that's me, I need to do that today. Is there one? One. You come for a reason today. You come looking for peace, or maybe you just come just, just just out of curiosity. I don't know. But God's got you here for a reason. You heard the message today. Come get that song right there. Marcus, saying me one verse and chorus. If somebody don't move, they're going to turn the invitation off himself. Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you coming this morning? Come now, even now. Would you come now? Why won't you come? (laughs) Why won't you come? You know it's true or you wouldn't be here today. Why don't you come? You got a verse and a chorus to make up your mind. Would you come? If you're going to do it today while we sing. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.